2: Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on this week with JB and I'm joined by the lovely pistol. After a short hiatus, I have returned to the microphone pistol and I'm glad to be joined by such a good ranker as yourself.
3: Oh, I, I appreciate said ranker the- by the way. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the compliment, uh, although Chizo has jumped me. This week, unfortunately, had a bit of a, a stinker.
2: Have I been gone for that long?
3: Yeah, no, you've, you've been gone for five years. Uh, so, oh boy. No, Chizo's <laughs> done well. Um, I had Houston last week on the bench and double downgrade, so only um, a 2-1... I haven't got my score on from there. I think it was 2-1-3-2, Two and three, six, mm-hmm. two and three, eight? Sounds something like right. that. Yeah, I won't correct you. If you keep leaving, it'll keep going up higher and higher, but down to 460 <laughs> seconds. So um, my first fall of the whole season so far, actually. So oh,
2: yeah. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Look,
3: if I, I'm, I'm sitting in a good spot with a, a lot of cash in the bank. I'll make three upgrades with my next four trades. Fingers crossed, no injuries. And uh, my team will be sitting pretty before the buyers.
2: Things you love to hear. I am having a less fun time. Um, Traded in Dusty before his concussion 30 score and then thus missed week following. Um, Have had the Houston back-to-back subs and injured week now. So um, things aren't going great for me. I'm not having the best time. I've gone down in rank. I think I'm closer to 2K than I am 1.5. So I think I'm about 1.8K at the moment. Um, so free-falling as, as we speak, but hopefully having my first fully fit team um, since about round three this week coming up, so it could can only be going up from here, can only be improving. So I think my team's actually good pistol. Um, it, I just don't have players on the park. I fielded Mansell's 24 this week over Houston. Um, so it could have lost like 100 points just on that one yeah. little thing right there. So Very it is what it is. It is what it is, um, focused more on leagues, can I say that? <laughs> no,
3: the loudest ranking podcast so overall ranking uh, fine, fine.
2: All right well so we we got some shout outs for Patreon. we've got some housekeeping to go through. Um, first of all we'll go, we'll go through the the new sign ups over the last week. We have Rory, just Rory. No, it's just, just Is it Rory. just Rory or is no, no, it Rory? you got to be very Rory, clear. It's, Rory, sorry. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. Rory with a full stop after
3: his name. <laughs> he was making it clear that, yeah. Yeah, no, no, okay. yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, Lachlan Gibbs, Martin Berridge, Herbie. Oh,
3: Herbie. Again, yeah.
2: Nice, nice to join me. Callan Vaughan, JBP, Tukunda, Stephen Nikolovsky, Ethan Sorrell, and Justin Fistrovich. Fistrovich. That's
3: all right. I'm sure you didn't butcher any of the names whatsoever, JB. Especially uh, at my... least
2: one iteration of Fishtrivit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, uh, you know my my work colleague uh, Takunda will be very uh, upset with your pronunciation, and I'll be definitely calling him that from now on. So really? Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. What with did I what call you've... him? Oh no, you said that. That's just wrong. But I, I'm definitely calling him that from now on. So thank well, you, thank the... you very much. Can, can, can you give me the correct
2: pronunciation at least? <laughs> uh, Takunda. It's close. Uh, I mean, look, that's apple, apples and apples.
3: Nah, but uh, I appreciate it anyway. Uh, we have <laughs> some good donations for the Cancer Council. We have Wasman who's donating for dumb things. That is all. That's what the message says. Gocrom Go Crom said, I'm donating for sending a pick of my slap mark on my thigh from the Saints game. Um, I have to recall that. With I still have no context, I don't know what is happening. Uh, you didn't see that? No, I have no idea what this is. It sounds okay, hilarious. Right.
2: I'll give it. I'll, it's, it only needs a little bit of backstory. So, uh, they were, he was getting nervous during the Saints game. Um, he must have a thing where he you know, gets annoyed and slaps his own thigh, um, and then he sent a photo of like his shorts pulled up and just like pure hairy, purple bruised thigh, like in your face, like as zoomed in as possible. And everyone was just like, well dude, that's that's too much thigh. That's that's a lot of thigh. Just a no warning. Um, and I think uh Gunnar took the most offense, saying, you know, maybe not safe for work <laughs> <laughs> message on that one to put it in a thread. Uh and then he decided to donate, which is actually really good of him. So
3: appreciate that, Gokron. We've got uh Luke Trawane says, uh, Houston, we have a problem. And uh, Braden uh, coach of Spazzard's try hard says made a $10 bet with chizo he led all weekend and he got pipped by four points in the league matchup because James Jordan's 90 plus score. Uh, so James mm. Jordan can stick it with a sun. Don't shine upset face. Uh, love the pod boys. Keep it up. Also better luck next time with port JB and then bulldog love hearts. So, uh, okay. I didn't need that. He's earlier, uh yeah, but <laughs> drive by.
2: Yeah, de- definite drive by. Um, I mean look yeah poor poor could have been they could have been better but yeah, bulldogs are good.
3: Bulldogs are great. I'm, I'm How good's all the bulldogs premium options now that like Dunkley's gone and all of his points are just going to the premium options.
2: <clears throat> well good except I only have one of them so <laughs> yeah,
3: I had multiple I <laughs> had four. Like, I'd like to own more. <laughs> and then yeah, now I, I have mean, pre, now yeah. I have one. <laughs>
2: Pre-seat you had four and you've since I trading- had
3: Daniel oh no I had three I just miscounted. Yeah, I had Daniel, Daniel McRae and, and um, Dunkley, and now I just have McRae. So that's sad.
2: Well, pistol. Before we move on, I actually need to give a quick spiel okay. and advise that this podcast, this episode even, is sponsored by Manscaped. And Manscaped are the best in men's blow the waist grooming and have a center clearance rate better than Tom Liberatore, which I experienced firsthand hand. With my manscaped, and also with watching Port get smashed by the Bulldogs, so it's very <laughs> topical. The good news is, the good news is what that is the Manscaped has launched in Australia and has just released the new and improved Lawmore 3.0 trimmer. The third generation trimmer features a ceramic blade to reduce grooming clangers. The blade easily disconnects and helps increase your disposal efficiency, which is huge. The battery lasts 90 minutes, pistol.
3: You know what else lasts 90 minutes?
2: The time it takes in which Collingwood can kick two goals.
3: (laughs) Pretty much. They didn't score for 90 minutes. It's so sad.
2: (laughs) Okay, more about that later. But it's waterproof. It has a clutch LED light that reminds me of the MCG floodlights. And if you want to upgrade from a rookie to an Uber premium trimmer, use code DRSE for 20% off. And free shipping at manscaped.com to help the Doctor Supercoach and your Sharons. That's twenty percent off, free shipping using code DRSC at checkout at manscaped.com. Perfect. So thank you. Thanks to Manscaped. <laughs> thank you, Manscaped. <laughs> and by the way, just just so everyone knows, uh, there's no script. I, I completely made that up the entire way through.
3: It was re- I, it was so good, JB, that I did not realise <laughs> what was happening until like. Forty seconds into it, and most I was like, people will listen.
2: Yeah, most people most people will listen and not even know that was an ad.
3: <laughs> will not at all. It, did, it didn't sound scripted at all. So, no, good job hit that one. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> you use your normal podcast. voice as well, which was really great.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I always talk like this.
3: Yeah, no, it's good. So it's very clear you, and, and precise. Usually, <laughs> can't can't tell what you're saying, but that was that was just pitch perfect.
2: Okay, all right. Look, let's let's move on, please. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna get into the podcast. Believe it or not, Pistol, we have got a lot to talk about this week. Record time. Um, not
3: is it? Yeah, well, Chizo goes within? like ten minutes.
2: <laughs> oh my lord, Cheeso waffles, doesn't he? No,
3: there was there's a news section which is uh, great, but there's not actually news so far this week that we can really talk <laughs> about. So, uh, no news like, section. Can we?
2: Can we just like what is there like a sting like? Yeah, And then I'll be like, thanks was. JB for passing. And then I'll just say, there is no news this week. Back to you, JB. <laughs> and that's it?
3: Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Very Are we at glad. 10 minutes yet? No, it's, it's, you got to waffle for it. I don't know how he minute. does it. No, it's good. Okay, but we, well, will, we will go before we jump into it. Um, shout outs just to um, our five, five patrons within the top eight supercoach spots overall. That is correct five patrons in the top 8. So is this an ad? No, it's not. I just it's unbelievable. <laughs> so yeah, just wanted to to uh shout out. We've got Sambal Bombers in first place, which is still just actually unbelievable, held onto the lead. Um we have as well um Lovski FC in fourth overall, uh Pocket Dogs um in sixth, The Dirty Devons in 7, Supercoach Mama in 8. So yeah, five five of the top 8 patrons is just unbelievable, and yeah, eighteen in the top ninety-seven is a great start to yeah the Doc Supercoach Coach Patreon group. It's weird how the five
2: hasn't changed in weeks, but the ten has gone down. Yeah, we at eight. Yeah, no, it's good. Can we get five for five?
3: I mean, that would be unbelievable. I'd love to. I'd love to just get a, a no pressure, guys. Yeah. But I love yeah, to see a winner.
2: Let's do that, or else.
3: Well, I know. Looking for this is a year, so we'll see.
2: No, no, no. That that happens or else okay. I thought that was a threat.
3: All right. There we go. JB cool. said it. All right, cool. Now we can start. Now it's right. past 10 minutes so you can, <laughs> you can, can start. Okay, cool.
2: We can start. Yep. All right. So, is Josh Kelly back?
3: <laughs> is Josh Kelly back?
2: I mean... Your, your favorite subject, Pistol. This your is favorite topic of the to year. start the
3: podcast. Yeah. I didn't I expect you to throw straight you, into that off the get-go. You
2: said off the top, can we not talk about Ch- Josh Kelly this podcast? I did.
3: And that was the first thing that you brought up. <laughs> Look... I think we, we kind of have to talk about Josh Kelly. Um, it is physically painful having traded him out and him scoring so well and playing in so the midfield well. the last two weeks, um, you know, 132 points against Richmond and looking unbelievable. However, I guess the sole piece of news is Toby Green is expected to miss four weeks, I believe, with a shoulder injury. So what do you think happens when a top-tier I guess half-forward goes out of their side. Who comes in to replace? Do they do a reshuffle? Do they bring in a midfielder and put in um, Josh Kelly at half-forward? I don't know. Am I grasping at straws? Very, very possibly. I, I'm still terrified that when their players come back, because most of them, besides Kenealio, will come back, all of their injury-prone you know, prone players that have been out, They'll come back and will they push Kelly out or will they just now admit that they were doing the wrong thing and just play Kelly in the midfield every single week given how amazing he looks? Uh, what, what's your take on it, JB?
2: I don't really think I need a take. The thing the thing that gets me, and I'll explain why. No take for you. <laughs> the thing, <laughs> oh, the Seinfeld quote, that's, that's good by you. Um, the thing that gets me is the fact that we're even discussing with Toby Green missing time as to whether Josh Kelly goes back forward or not. It just it, it, That in itself is just as off-putting as it needs to be for someone looking at bringing in Josh Kelly. And I was thinking about it during the week. If if I could make money work and Zorka wasn't essential and all these things fell into place, that maybe I would fall back on Josh Kelly. But this is just a reminder after... after seeing one injury for from like a super injury prone player it's all come spiraling down and we're thinking you know there's the potential that Josh Kelly just goes back forward that thought process alone is enough for me to think well if it's that likely that it just takes one guy getting injured then it like there could be a multiple, multitude of things that could happen like you said people coming back from injury that could swing it swinging back into the forward line he's there because there have been injuries in the midfield. He's not there because he was, you know, the coach wants to put him there, or he was outperforming everyone in the forward line that was in the midfield and he switched roles with someone. He's there due to injury. He can leave due to injury. Um, Whether it be someone getting injured up forward or whether it be someone returning in the midfield, that's enough for me to just really, really not like the pick no matter how well he's scoring as a midfielder.
3: Well, look, I'm I'm not going to add any more to that mostly because I agree with you, but another GWS player that I guess we should discuss based on I test and watching him is uh, Lockie Whitfield and his slow start uh, to his you know his return to football this year he's had three scores that were you know not great 83 74 80 most people i think are holding out for him for their last defensive spot and they want to upgrade to him after the buy is this like a perfect play where he's going to drop down to a really cheap price and we'll pick him up after his buy for cheap or is he looking actually so poor that he's not worth you know even picking up at all
2: this is tough isn't it and he he took a few kickouts this week so i'm wondering if his role is slowly shifting back into that half back flank Role that you know we we enjoy so much. I'd like to see a ton from him against either West Coast or Brisbane, leading into his buy. Um, he's going to be almost impossible to ignore. He's going to be below five hundred k, which is unreal value. I, and I think most people, uh, I, I can't remember exactly what his ownership numbers were before his injury, but um, it would have been high in the preseason. And expected him to be number one or number two um, on our defensive lines. So, like things kind of changed that much. He's obviously building into it with fitness and with um, his kicking. I don't think he's been as efficient as he usually is. Um, and you can see it when you're watching the game. He's one of the best kicks in the AFL. Um, he'll pull off kicks that a lot of people wouldn't even attempt and, and nail them a lot of the time. It's just that he's missing them a bit as well at the moment with a bit of rust on him. Yeah. Um, West Coast and Brisbane are his next two. He could be. Very near 480k by the time his buyers passed. Then he versus North Melbourne, Carlton, Hawthorne, Melbourne, which is a toughish game. Gold Coast, Sydney, Essendon. Of those teams, I'd say maybe two or three, maybe are good enough to to win by a convincing margin against someone like GWS. Yeah, like he could he could just do crazy things to to. A lot of those defenses, like North Melbourne, Carlton, Hawthorne, those three in a row, you could see a 115-plus average. And like I know from what we've seen so far, that seems absolutely out of this world. But I only need to see one performance from him in the next two weeks, and he'll be locked into my side following the bye. Like, that's a risk I'm more than happy to take.
3: Yeah, uh, I am totally with you. I'm sorry if it's a, a little bit boring. Um, how repetitive that sounds, but honestly, we we know what he's capable of, and you said it yourself, like rust. That's the best way to describe what you know. I've witnessed from him. It, it's it's just rust. I think that he'll blow out those cobwebs. Maybe that it'll be a good break after the bye. I feel like he'll have played five games in a row. You know, maybe probably a bit banged up, a bit sore. Takes a nice break and then comes out hard for the rest of the season. So, um, for me. I'm pretty much licking my lips at the prospect of getting him at like low to mid 400s. I think that's going to be a really good buy and uh, I'm, I'm still keen on getting him. My thoughts haven't changed. and I, Honestly, unless he comes out with like 50s or something in the next two weeks, I, I guess it's not even that. I shouldn't even say. It's, it's basically how he looks. I think you just got to watch him and be able to see how he's going because I think eye test wise, he looks like he will be okay. It's just he's rusty, so yeah. Thank you. Summarize. If you, if it you well. took
2: a if you took a poll of like anyone that watches football um, in regards to the, the rule change and asked who would probably suit the most, I feel like Whitfield would get ninety five percent of votes.
3: Yeah, for sure. Like
2: his he, run and carry, and then delivery, and then run, and then carry, and then delivery, <laughs> and then like it's it's second to none. It's the best in the league. He yep. suits this role better than anyone else in the league. And if he cleans his kicking up and then starts getting a few more disposals per game, you'll see it in full effect. And like you said, he needs to just look good in the next two games and, and he's locked into my side. Yeah. Like one easily locked into
3: my side. So I guess, JB, we're talking a lot about the eye test and that typically for me has been probably less proportionately important than, uh, you know, statistics. But this year I found that the I test has been really important to try and get a jump on, you know, players uh, performing well, particularly um, Aaron Hall. That's been uh, something that clearly was an, an test thing that we got on quite early. You know, I jumped on him two weeks ago. But a forward that I've been looking at and... I'm in two minds because you've got stats saying one thing and you have ITES kind of saying another thing, and that's Dusty Marty Dusty Marty Dustin Martin who is now 425k. He's a very, at a very very cheap price, but what what have you been making of his performances? Do you, do you think he's back and he's worthwhile bringing into teams? You know, if you don't own him, I know you you already own him.
2: Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah, so if you asked me this before his concussion, which I know you're not asking me that, um, I would say he's the scariest player to watch without owning in the entire game. Um, he's uh, four games pre-concussion. I think it did it happen in round five.
3: It, yeah, he got concussed in round six, yeah.
2: Six, yeah. So his five games pre-concussion like looked like Dusty was trying to add another trophy to his you know, cabinet. So... I was concerned watching him. I, that's that's the reason I traded him in and ignored a lot of um, statistical data that, that showed that he was going to continue um, on his scoring ways before having an uptick later in the season. Um, and then the concussion happened, and he obviously scored the 30. Had He missed the game. He went to New Zealand and came back. Scored 60 the week after, um, after a 48-point first half. So obviously dropped off as Richmond dropped off. They got flogged in the second half of that game. Um, and then obviously he looked great in this game. Pretty much won the game off his own boot. So I think he's had... And, and so, sorry, the one that he got concussed and he was on for a bad score as well there. Um, I think he's had two bad games this year. The concussion game and the game that he returned for. Last game, despite having all the disposals in the world and four goals and only scoring 121, he did still look good. Playing forward, which I actually think I kind of prefer with Dusty sometimes is getting a chunk of forward time and... You know only spurts in the midfield. I think he that's probably where he thrives in his super coaching when he's kicking goals. Um played a lot forward looked better, won the game off his own boot which is back to the first, you know, few games of the season and at least looked hungry for the ball and that like, that's something I, ha- I haven't seen since owning him because I had the two bad games in the buy. So I'm okay with trading him in this week if if I didn't own him. Um, especially with the fact that he's got such high ownership and he's such low price, like the risk really just doesn't exist. But he he still has the ceiling pistol. Like I'm I'm still a believer. I think as I'm, much as I don't want to be.
3: I think I'm a little just concerned. Twenty eight disposals and four goals. You you would kind of expect that score to look better than one twenty one and I watch him and think, geez, his role isn't that good like from a Supercoach perspective, I, I get he's a goal kicker, so he's going to kick goals when Richmond's up and about. Richmond haven't been as up and about. Their midfield is almost non-existent. He's playing as a centre-bounce mid and then running forward. And if Richmond are getting belted and and Dusty's playing forward, that's not a good role for Supercoach. Like it, it works when they're winning and it doesn't work when they're losing for for his Supercoach performances. So I, mm. there is some hesitation there for me. And I am worried about bringing him in. But I also, on the other hand, think, well, he's 425k. I can't trust any forwards anyway. And at least he's got a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. Most people have him. He's in 59%. So I'm kind of like locking in a small victory over people who paid a lot more than him, which is not a great way of thinking given the best play would just be not trading a player who you think is going to do badly, but it's more the lack of other combos and getting off a rookie off my field as well um, that kind of tips me to still trading in somebody that I don't think is like an out and out amazing super coach pick. So I think it's probably probably needed to be said, but at the end of the day, I guess I'm still trading him in, so it uh, can't matter. <laughs> Really, that much but if, if you didn't have him and you didn't have Hall like like which which way are you leaning I mean Dusty's break even 68 like he's he's gonna hit it um how would you see if you if you didn't own either of those players like would you play it differently well Hall's break evens 47
2: he, he's yep. also gonna hit his um you know if, if I didn't own either of those two I'd trade in Aaron Hall first um I think by a, a solid margin as well. He's just looked better. Um, he's getting the ball in his hands. He like we we couldn't have endorsed him any harder um, <laughs> last week, and uh, we're going to do it again this week. He looks incredible. He ticks all the boxes. There are not enough forwards this year um, to you couldn't throw a blanket over it, enough that are going to average um, you know top six sort of range from here that aren't already injured for a long term um and he's in this role 133 against adelaide uh injury against geelong that was the concussion wasn't it
3: yeah yeah so and then 106 yeah.
2: 113 112 like he looks exponentially better than dusty there's not even any question about it
3: it's, it's, i mean i'm sure that's going to be a interesting point i mean it's, we've been shouting screaming from the rooftops you know to, to try and select him but I think um, when you put it in perspective against Dusty Martin and we're still saying get Hall <laughs> I think you got to realize his scoring potential and what we're expecting him to average like I'm I'm expecting him to go 105 plus in this role you know for the rest of the year this isn't like a little um, purple patch
2: it's not a purple patch yeah no, yeah. no it's not
3: this is yeah. this is his role they won he was playing really well in this role and they won a game like I see this drive off half back that he provides them this run and carry that wasn't there before that now I'm like how are they going to play without like even when Luke McDonald comes back they're not going to sacrifice run and carry like they're not going to be like okay Luke McDonald you take Hall's role now and Hall you're going to move up the field they're not going to do that like McDonald can't have that that breaking of the lines that that Hall does provide so I'm I'm quite confident unless his body breaks down He's going to go 105 this season. So
2: he plays Essendon this week, Pistol. That they well. can, they've what they've considered a 150 to Houston out of halfback. I, I, can't, I don't even know that was a Houston flex. I don't even know any other schools have <laughs> considered, but they Houston they just flex. seem like such an open team to to like run through sort of thing. Um, like they're not the most defensive unit, and and someone like Aaron Hall with great running carry who's excelling in his role. Uh, 120 plus i would predict for him this week um yep. like it just i would get him in over dusty in a heartbeat <laughs> if i had the option which god i wish i did i would get him in over dusty
3: so is there other forwards that you're like considering like if, if i had to, to ask you the name like i don't know five forwards which are the forwards that you're targeting i guess it's it's difficult given the, the lack of options but have you got like a, a five that you know stand out from the rest of the pack
2: i'm glad you said five because six is where it gets very dicey okay six um no <laughs> no, no Five. <laughs> i have five thank you um jay-z obviously averaging 118 so far with a low of 89 which he scored this week um aaron hall's role is somewhat affecting him as as well as their other injuries in defense but owning them both, you're just gonna get ninety plus from them each every week. So, besides this week, can
3: we talk about? You said it's affecting him. Did you want to be more specific, or just like yeah? So
2: Jay Z. First of all, he doesn't. He hasn't monopolized the kickouts as much as he had earlier in the season. Yep. Aaron Hall's taking kickouts. Um, secondly, he's being a little bit more accountable than what he was in the at the start of the season. Um, only a little bit more, but enough to not be involved in every single switch or every single like kick inside. Um, Aaron Hall is just a happy outlet for those types of plays now. Um but at the same time he's he's involved in a lot. They they look for him um going out at exiting defense still. Um he's still extremely good and this is where Jay-Z is underrated, I feel he's extremely good at reading the ball in the air, um, and taking a few intercept marks per game as well and, and making up a lot of points that way too. So um I'm still supremely confident in, in Jack Siebel. I just think Aaron Hall was taken that 170 ceiling and, and dropped it down to 120 whilst also bolstering a 120 ceiling for himself. So um, maybe ceiling is not the right word. Um, like maybe they've both got a 130 ceiling, but do you know what I mean? Um, I, would, I wouldn't expect to see anything higher from either of them, but they both should hover around the mark of 105 plus for the rest of the season, I think, which is great.
3: Yeah, I think you said it well on that Jay-Z still takes those intercept marks. I, I saw people thinking he's going to average like 90 for the rest of the year, but I mean, he, he scored 111 against Collingwood two rounds ago. The thing is with Jay-Z is the ball's there so often that he's just going to get mm. it naturally, just being in the back line of you know, a weaker North Melbourne side. I think the thing that affects him obviously is the kickouts, but it's more Hall is the one that's mostly doing the run and carry and you know trying to break the lines, whereas before without Hall on the side, they were switching it backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and it was just going through Jay-Z a lot more often than it was go- than it's going through now.
2: considerably worse when that was happening as well. That was yes. a bad game plan for them.
3: Correct. Good for Jay-Z, bad for North Melbourne. So I think it will have an effect on him, but do I think that he'll just go like 90 flat for the rest of the year? No, I, I still think he's going to be a top six forward based on average, in which case I'm not going to trade out somebody at his peak price, bank some cash, because I think he's going to be priced worse than what he's currently won. I don't have infinite trades. Like it's not... AFL fantasy, otherwise maybe you could consider it, but I have a limited amount and he's probably still gonna be a top six forward. so it's it's not worth it in my opinion. Yeah. I think so I have of, him in there to yeah.
2: answer your question from <laughs> twenty minutes ago.
0: That's one, yep. Um I have Aaron Hall in there <laughs> that's at the two. moment.
2: I have Dane Zorko in there quite comfortably. Yep. I think I, I do is, have is, Dustin Martin. Is this in Martin order?
3: There? Or is this just a random order?
1: Um
2: that's close enough to win order. Okay. Um I do have Dustin Martin in there.
3: Yeah, I have. Okay. Sorry, what? I think that's like okay. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: I have someone like and Impy, Maybe is that F six?
3: Okay, so we've just skipped F five. Cool.
2: Yeah, I'm still considering F five. Like for me, I'm, I'm it's, it's frantically like a... clicking here. <laughs> um, there's so many options. A lot of people get slow into that. Like yeah. I don't I don't think Impy will necessarily be. F five, like I'm I'm just not gonna to commit to that, but um I think he's gonna be like the perfect F six for the rest of the season. Like just an eighty five plus game every week and you know, consistent and just has a high floor or high enough floor. Um I love how I keep saying like floors and ceilings and stuff, he scored eighty two this week. And I said ninety plus from Z for he scored eighty nine. <laughs> I've noticed I've done that like eight times um but like it, it could be someone like tom hawkins for example it could be someone like i mean toby green's injured at the moment but um there are there are a small list of players that could take up it, whenever dangerfield returns um whenever shy bolton returns whenever butters returns like any of those guys could get in there i suppose sidebottom isn't completely incompetent he could probably get in there <laughs> it's a whole bunch um, of players
3: that will score roughly the same and it doesn't really yeah, matter and you may as well just exactly. like kind of See if you can bide your time until like a danger field or butters returns, and they're going to be like going considerably higher than your F six. Yeah, yeah,
2: one hundred percent. Couldn't have put that better
3: myself. So I think that's kind of where I wanted to get at. I think um, that's a, probably a pretty obvious call. I mean, there's players that are on hot streaks and players have started well, like Tom McDonald's obviously been better than we expected. But at the end of the day, I know we're still averaging like ninety five, but there's other players that will go around that or roughly the same so it like, doesn't really I mean, make Nick,
2: sense Nick Hines averaging 93 but do we expect yeah, Nick Hines no. to average 93 no. mean,
3: probably 93 is, is average for the season but it's like I'm not rushing to bring in any of these players none of them feel like tremendous value that it's worthwhile be bringing in so I'd only be getting someone with you know stupid value if it wasn't one of the you know top four names that you kind of named or top three you know Marshall's out now as well so yeah he's, he's dead um so we can't bring him in dead, that's yeah. uh yeah pretty i think a pretty important question yeah that we to talk about j. b
2: yeah, I mean the whole forward line's a bit of a mess at the moment, um, and it kinda you know what i'm i'm just gonna i'm just gonna get into it. it brings us to who we get if we're getting a forward this week and we have the five guys that I named. <laughs> um, now, I know this, this isn't going to be a lot of teams out there, but a lot of teams are actually doing double ups this week. So, although it might not be your team right now, it might be your team this week still <laughs> um, if you're making two upgrades in your forward line. So, um, as I said, I think Dusty is, is a is a must-get. Hall, Zorko, Zeeble a lot of people already have MP. like those those are the guys right we can be confident of 95 plus 100 plus from those four guys and whatever MP puts out which is just going to be good enough anyway we then have a position there and i'm hearing a lot of talk mostly from your camp
3: about isaac heaney i'm glad i'm glad we're talking about it <laughs> I think, we're having uh, the discussion. And we we have finally to. we're having the discussion. It's finally um, come up on the podcast. My time to shine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You've been practicing for weeks, I know. Um, 342k. He's break even 75, so he's not a must this week. But um,
0: this week or next week, I'd say before he starts. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: Booming. He scored 110 this past week against Collingwood, following an injured 19 against Geelong. Now, he's had a bad patch post round two. Um, I suppose post round three, because round three was fine. 44 against Essendon, 54 against Gold Coast, 19 against Strong, two of which are injury-affected games.
3: It doesn't sound that bad when you're spelling it out to me. That doesn't sound bad? No, you're like, he's got two injury-affected games and his other four games are like, three of them are big tons and one's like an 82. Okay.
2: I don't think three of them are big tons, but... Okay. I mean, big for a forward, yeah. Is 102 big? okay for a forward two of them them are big ones 110
3: and 115 let's
2: not get crazy okay let's let's
3: a huge 102 for a forward
2: yeah massive um so he's had three good games one okay game and three bad games two of which were injury affected and if that there's a 54 in there as well it's just chilling in there so that's fine um Now, I find it really difficult to endorse someone and I'm not closed-minded because we'll have a juicy discussion about um, me actually coming around to the pick. I find it difficult to endorse someone, however, who's already had, out of his seven games so far this year, two injury-affected scores. So, I mean, is it fair to say he's injury-prone pistol? (laughs) (laughs)
3: Look... I would say that he's on the more injury-prone side of things, on a sliding scale of being fully fit and injury-prone.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he's injury-prone. He's he has put out a fifty-four. He's historically. Now I'm not holding him to this and saying that it's going to continue forever, but historically, scores far worse in losses than he does wins. Right. Okay. We're just getting we're just getting the cons out getting there first. Technical. Yep. I'm just painting a picture. That I don't think that's super technical. Yep. <laughs> um. Having said that, Sydney looked good this year, and I don't have a crystal ball, but I don't suddenly expect them to to finish in the bottom four for the rest of the season. Um, they look good. Their team is clicking. They've got a lot of youth, a lot of excitement. And when Isaac Heaney's playing, they're they're a better side, so they just infinitely should not get worse all of a sudden. So, with his scoring potential and his price, is pivoting to Isaac Heaney for a potential six-week window worth it for a trade to wait on one of those other guys who we mentioned earlier, like Butters
3: or Dangerfield? So I think the key thing to recognize is that his fixture run ahead is Fremantle, Carlton, St. Kilda, Hawthorne, by. Then it becomes difficult with Port Adelaide, West Coast, Bulldogs. And then he finishes the year with GWS, Fremantle, Essendon, St. Kilda, North Melbourne, Gold Coast, which is much easier. So mm-hmm. I think we'll recognize that whilst there's only three difficult games probably left for him for the season. It's like three in a row immediately at the end of the buys after he's had a buy. So there becomes a very clear point where you either cull him at his buy and you trade in somebody like a Zach Butters who may, might return, or trade him to a danger field who may have, you know, played two games or, or dropped, you know, a lot in price since then, or maybe just wait out another week or whatever it might be and trade him to like a danger field. Or you end up getting through that rough patch and then you think, well, I'll just loophole him for the rest of the season with some other F6 and he'll be my F7 and I'll just try and shark a high score. And I think both of those ways of playing the game are both like very viable options for the rest of the season. And I can't tell you which one is the better option right now, but I think both of them are good options, which means that if you would like to go forward with... You know, Heaney as a pick, I think there's plenty of po- positives. And I think the downside is relatively um, lessened because of his price being 342K. Because if he, even if he were to, you know, go terribly, it's probably not in the next four weeks, in which case he's going to make you money. Especially given he just has a hundred and ten, and now has a break even of seventy five. If he were to put out another hundred this week, you know his break even drops all the way down into like um, the like thirties or something like that, and it could he could definitely make you a hundred k before the buy, and he becomes some weird sort of cash cow type scenario that just in the middle of a season stepping stone type pick, um, even if he doesn't go super well. So I think it's a low risk play getting him at such a cheap price so overall if i'm going to summarize it i think he will be a solid or fine selection moving forward it's just you know the if he gets injured next week that's that's where it's it's a big mistake or a big problem i'm not sure mistake is the right word because we you know only can use the data that we have to try and make the best decisions and using our eyes as well like he always looks good (laughs) <laughs> like, I'm not sure many people watch Heaney and think, oh, Heaney's a, like a rubbish player. So it's it's also it's, it's one of those uh, difficult things to, to try and judge. Yeah. So if he scores
2: 60 this week, <clears throat> his break-even is 30. So let me just correct on the... Yeah, if please. He, if he scores 100... Make my argument stronger. Yes, no, I am. If he scores 100, he's closer to a break-even in the single digits.
3: Yeah, that would be which, good.
2: Which is unreal. Um, so, I like look preseason. I was heavily against Isaac Eaney. That's an understatement. Mostly, <laughs> mostly, and look, you can't say I was incorrect at this point. Um, yeah, fair. But but a lot of that is due to his price tag. I'm not playing paying a premium price for someone who is injured a lot and also isn't guaranteed to score like a premium. 342k though, different story. I think your tactic that you just said about trading him in either this week or next week after seeing how he goes against Fremantle Adoptus for the the Carlton, St. Kilda, Hawthorne run of games before his buy, cashing in 80k, getting better scores than what you were from Scott, who is almost a side swap from him, I think is good, viable great way lateral thinking um good way to play the game especially this year I, I don't know about you but i have a lot of zeros on my bench right now and there's cash and isn't the easiest thing in the world um now the in terms of the upgrade or the keeping for f7 dangerfield is predicted to return in round 14 i believe right against port adelaide is well, that round 14
3: I thought it was going to come back the round before that, Sorry. but it doesn't matter.
2: That's round 13 against yeah. Port Adelaide. Yeah. Um, so he plays round 13 and round 14. Isaac he has his bye in round 15.
3: No, he's got his in round 14. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. He, he comes just back, plays one game. It's, there's a plays one, round one game. 13.
2: Now, we know Dangerfield, right? If he comes back and scores 110... He's. Well, I don't even care what his break even is. I'm fine with trading in Dangerfield at following a, a 110. If I'm trading off of someone who's on the buy, so the 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 Isaac Heaney selection, I think, is just the perfect way to ease into Dangerfield and have a POD Dangerfield for the rest of the season.
3: Yeah, but that's- and
2: and if Heaney scores. This is the thing we we have to see commitment from this move because it's going to it's going to get difficult at a time. You have to look at the fixture. If Heaney scores 85 this week, 100 against Carlton, 100 against Hawthorn and 100 against Hawthorne, you you and every other owner aren't going to want to trade him. But it's the smartest thing to do in that instance.
3: You got to text
2: and it. text Walker it. Text Walker it and with the injury risk still existing as high as it is, and three tough games coming up. It is the perfect sideways, and Dangerfield would have experienced the price drop in that time as well. Uh, I just think, I think for the game this year, next week, if, if Isaac Heeny scores well enough, I'll be getting. If he scores eighty plus this week coming up against Fremantle, I think I'll just be getting him into my uh, into my side. Dangerfield's break even is one hundred ninety eight. He drops approximately thirty k with a um, projected of one hundred twenty two. Um, so say he drops forty k, he'll be five hundred and seventy k from Isaac Heaney at that point. That might only be an eighty to ninety k jump.
3: Yep, potentially.
2: Like that—that that is just—I think—I it, think it's almost telegraphed for that sort of move.
3: I mean, I know myself; I prob- probably hold Heaney for the rest of the se- season. Well, that's the thing—the
2: <laughs> holding him at F seven. Literally, I have zero interest in that. The three tough games in a row, I'm not going to want to field him for. And then they have GWS. I don't think I'm going to want to field him for that either over whoever else I'm swapping at F7. Then Fremantle, yes, he probably gets a good enough score there. Essendon, he does. St. Kilda's 50-50. North Melbourne and Gold Coast, he does and he does, but like that, that's like four scores out of the remaining eight games. Like it's just just not good. It's not good enough to hold. I don't think. But that's a discussion we can have way yeah, later down the track. Definitely. I think Heaney is gettable this week. I think he's far more attractive for those who are like me and still a little bit sceptical. Um, next week, following a trip to Fremantle, um, we did just get a horse along my quote in the um, in the news to say that. Um, he pretty much doesn't train uh, until like the main training session on Thursday or something. So um, it's concerning. It speaks more to his injury risk. It speaks more to my thoughts of not wanting to hold him throughout throughout the rest of the season. and get stuck with someone at F6 and an injured Heaney at F7. Um, I, I just think, I think it's viable, good lateral thinking to try and just pop him in for like a three, four week little pocket rocket price rise.
3: All right. I think we've covered that probably to death. I'm not sure anyone's still listening. They've probably worn out on uh, too much. I haven't podcasted in a
2: long time. I might have forgotten how to do
3: it and (laughs) we might just be rambling here. But um, I think it's
2: important because it's it's such a. It's lateral thinking. And like with Tex, not a lot of people jumped on until like you'd already had a couple of price rises and then they hopped on the bandwagon and and then they didn't trade him off until too late. Like this game is all about timing and taking the jump and. Like it's really hard to nail it.
3: It's really hard. Well, talking about trying to jump off and nail the timing, I think uh, let's have a quick discussion about Powell. Uh, Powell, mm-hmm. Tom Powell, had his first I'd say bad score of the season. His break even now has shot out to over a hundred. He was definitely somebody that I wanted to keep throughout the buys and use him to upgrade. You know, last. Um, he still has Essendon this week and I can imagine it would be a decent score Um, and you know Saints and GWS it's like pretty good fixtures still coming up but with a break even now of 106 can we afford to keep him? Uh,
2: I don't think so Um, it could have just been like the, the one bad game obviously he's been scoring really well this is his last score since round three Um what's his lowest score of the season but his last bad score was (laughs) in round three (laughs) you know what I mean Um, but the run just might be over he's a kid Um, he's obviously fatiguing I know he has SNS and Kilda blah 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 good games but um, I I just think there's every possibility that he puts out another couple of 60s and all of a sudden then you've lost you know 50k off of your investment so um, I think it's the right week to trade him I would 100% endorse up grading him if you could um premium midfielders are really difficult to get up to and you've got someone near 400k it might be um your easiest jump for the the rest of the season unless collier dawkins gets up in that range um i think that's super important because people just sort of see the money and see the downgrade opportunity and see how much money that makes them or you know just settle for someone that's low 500k somewhere and get rid of a, a rookie that's not quite as valuable as you know, someone else that might trade. I think it's a really, really good opportunity to upgrade into an Uber premium that you you won't be able to afford later.
3: Okay, so before we talk about the downgrading options that you you mentioned before, do you have uh, Uber premium in mind that you would like to pick this week in particular? Obviously, wow. we're not talking about Josh Kelly. <laughs> and
2: that's a good question, Pistol, and one that I probably should have thought of before I started spouting on about upgrading to an Uber premium. Yeah, Probably. Um, <laughs> look i think i think cam guthrie 617k um is still cheap enough and performing really well depending on whether you think dangerfield will or won't affect him is is another story um lions and Bont both above 625 um it's getting a bit dicey up there a bit harder to get someone in but um it's very they're both expensive. obviously incredible options though like they yeah, are, they are uber uber top four for a reason Um, if you missed out on Clayton Oliver for whatever reason 70% of the competition doesn't have him he's 600k just get him in like one of the easiest trades you'll ever make Um, Sam Walsh the same 25% owned he's excellent Um, Jack Steele 116 bounced back this week after a few average Saints and Steele performances Um, I think he's amazing value as well and there's one more guy I need to find him as well is it Andy (laughs) Brashaw It's definitely not oh, any law. Okay.
3: Well, you win some, you lose some. Is it five?
2: <laughs> no, it's not five. Maybe, maybe they just don't exact exist. Merit? Maybe it's all in my head.
3: I'm no, going to stop guessing now. Before <laughs> is, is it this person? Yeah. No, it's <laughs> getting
2: embarrassing for me as well. Maybe, no, it's okay. Maybe they don't exist. Maybe
3: <laughs> well, that's <laughs> fine. Could be Took person? Miller. I don't know.
2: No, it's not took me alright. Okay. That's Okay. I it's I don't know who
3: which Mitch Duncan type player you're trying to think about. Wasn't Mitch Duncan. Oh either. man. Okay. I'm I've I've given up now. Um yeah, it's please definitely not is, Tom Mitchell, yeah. but I think um it's not for me Jack Steele's value at 569,000, that's unreal. People traded him in at 650. It's like eighty, ninety k cheaper than that already. I think uh It's unfortunate that this is a week he plays Bulldogs because I'm I'm not expecting a really high score. I think he might miss his break even, um, which is 114. So I'd I'd want to jump on him next week because they've got a pretty good run after next week. North Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, Richmond. This this week, yeah, I I don't think it's a worst thing. You know, playing at Marvel as well, it's fine, and he's great value still. Like regardless, so I I would still select him. Still select him, but he's definitely. Probably, yeah, no, definitely my number one, I think, target. <laughs> I'm going to be decisive because he's just 60K cheaper than Bont and, and Guthrie, and I think that he'll average relatively similar. After that, it, it becomes much more difficult. I think Bunt scoring lately has been just out of this world. It's just completely... Out of this world. I mean, in his last five games, one twenty-eight, one fifty-five, one hundred seven, one twenty-seven, one thirty-three. So he's probably my next favorite above Lions and and Guthrie. But it's pretty hard to split them. They're all really, really good options.
2: I'm still looking for the guy who I was thinking of, but maybe maybe I just wasn't thinking of anyone. Is it Parish? No. Nah,
3: I don't think that, you're thinking of any person. Is it McRae? Yeah, is it oh, just no, like it's just like someone in it's, your. Team? It's Patrick Cripps. That's who it is. Okay. So it's definitely not someone in your side. Um, look, I think that it's something that we do seriously have to discuss, like all you're mucking around, is the downgrade wow. options that are available for this week. Is there a rookie downgrade that you have your eye on or are you now going to look at paying up a little bit more to get somebody you feel more com- confident and comfortable with um, you know moving forward?
2: Well, there's not a rookie downgrade, and I'm not going early on anyone. Um, and there's, I know there's a bit of chitter-chatter about Lockie Jones, but he's not playing AFL this week. I'll tell you as a really, really cold, super freezing cold take that he's not going to play AFL this week. Um, so that pretty much leaves us with three options, and a lot of people got one or two of them last week. The three options are RCD, Poulter, and Burns. I think it's just Burns, but...
3: that's no, Burns. Burns,
2: isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I've been pronouncing that wrong. Um, I think it's fair to say that Burns, on the weekend with his performance and just with a little bit of foresight, we could probably predict that he's not going to be in the team for longer than, I'm going to say, three weeks from this week. Um, And he's not scoring incredibly well either. So I think we can quite easily rule him out if you didn't get him last week. Apologies if you did. Um, oh, which I Poulter and <laughs> Poulter and RCD. I think both of these guys are, are more than more than gettable this week. Um, if you missed one of them last week, I missed RCD. Happy to pay 180k for someone. I paid more than that for Dev Robertson, and he's just not very good at football. So, um, my my acceptance of rookies that are of a higher price is is maybe higher than others. Um, but the money's just there for RCD he's got the pedigree he's playing really well he's got a spot in the side throughout the buyers other side of the buyers perhaps not but by that point he's made enough money as it is so um, I believe in Poulter as well I I wasn't a believer in his debut game he looked really light framed and got thrown around a lot Um, and then his following two games after that have both been um, sensational so Um, Despite not putting a huge score on the board this week, he was great on the weekend and I think his um, role is relatively safe. He's just good enough to keep it, I think.
3: Yeah, I'll put my hand up and say I definitely overthought the Burns versus RCD uh, decision last week. That was not a good one. Um, And see myself having to pick up a much more expensive RCD this round to try and combat that. I think JB, uh, in terms of players that I guess are somewhat viable, Nash, I think is... Not, doesn't have the greatest job security, um, you know, approximately 150K. So I probably would pass there. What about a Tracy downgrade from Flynn? Like if, if Mumford is named this week, do you think that's a viable move to just do like a, a Flynn to Tracy and just uh, be done with it and, you know, take your your 200K? If Flynn's
2: dropped this week, yeah, I can I can see that. I can't I can see Flynn, if he's dropped after his performance this week, um, I can see him spending a bit of time on the sidelines. After having played this last game for us, if he is dropped, um, and getting that last cash grab, I think we should all be grateful that we snuck in one last one and now he's like a really good price. Um, annoyed that he could be 450k by now, yeah, um, but still grateful that he got in one last game and we didn't just have him for 270k and felt really ripped off. Um, but essentially, if he goes out this week, I'm, I'm fine with anyone trading him now. Last week, I would have said no, hold him for a few more weeks. Um, this week, I'm fine with it. We've got that last price range that's made it viable. Um, alternatively, if you want to hold him for two or three more weeks and see if you get to run over the buyers, um, I'll be trying to do that if possible, but I'm not going to be compromising trade plans or anything just to do that. I'll, I'll trade him
3: if I need to, so um, just trade him if you need to. I was pretty high on trading him to Tracy before I realized Marshall's probably not going to be a super coach relevant pick in 2021. Yeah. Just because of that dpp I felt like a bit of safety that if I got Tracy now I could get like Marshall if I wanted to at some stage, you know, at f7 next to my Heaney pick um sure. and thought I could get some ruck cover, you know, some sneaky ruck cover that way and that might be a good decision but now that Marshall is unlikely to be a viable selection this year, or he pretty much just isn't going to be a viable selection this year. I'm thinking I might just hold on to Flynn until I get to watch Zach Smith who's now 100k cheaper and just take the 100k if Zach Smith's going to be the number one ruck for Gold Coast and just have ruck cover for the whole season and they will have to worry about someone, you know, having to cuz the whole problem that I have with having marshall and tracy is that like you have to take marshall out of your forward line and then you have to you, you get a worse scorer on your field whereas like zach smith is just like a fine scorer in himself if his name is a number one soul ruck. so that kind of helps um so we'll, we'll play that one by ear but i think it's like a break glass in case of emergency play to get tracy and I don't think it's a bad play. I just think that potentially we might want Zach Smith in the future. And then that you don't want to do like a Tracy to a Zach Smith type situation. So if you if you yeah.
2: do, however, if you do um, Flynn to Tracy, you yeah. could then, it then opens you up to RCD to Zach Smith. That's true. However many times, weeks. That's so. true. Like it's not, you're not completely out of it, but yeah, it's much cleaner if it's going flinch straight down. No, you made a Um, good
3: point. I think you made a good
2: point. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad I could make (laughs) one one per podcast.
3: No one. Um, Fair enough.
2: All right. So do we we have anything else to discuss or do we want to move on to potentially VCNC options?
3: Just very quickly, I want to point out something that's a little bit funny. Um, Oliver Henry fell 15k on his starting price after his third game <laughs> he scored yep. nine thirty 7 so he's averaging 16 points he's now 120k um he's got a break even of 33 of which supercoach um gold or supercoach stats or plus whatever it's called nowadays is projecting him only has a seven percent chance of reaching 33 points um, that would be
2: his career high
3: it, it, it would be a career high. That has him falling to 113k with a break-even of 45, which then has him falling to 100.7k. And then it breaks Supercoach Gold and stops giving projections because his, his break-even <laughs> is 28 and his projected score is 16. And it just doesn't go lower than 100.7k. So, I, I don't know if that's like the lowest the game will let you go. But I'm interested to see what happens, so I kind of hope it does happen.
2: At that point, he might actually be a viable option.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you're paying sub 100k for him, (laughs) it's Uh, not a bad option.
2: The the scary thing is, is with subs in the game this year, we've seen a lot of low scores. Henry has not been the sub yet. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a nine
3: and a seven. <laughs> I, it's like I, I'm like looking at my bench and I'm like, geez, like at this rate, I might be able to trade Brockman out for a hundred k profit. Brockman's a hundred seventy two k, but I'm thinking Henry might get to seventy two k rather than Brockman gets names and goes hey, up mate, in price.
2: I've <laughs> got I've got Owea from gold coast i'm gonna make a 30k profit on starting a
3: loophole <laughs> it's potentially like it's like let's <laughs> I don't see what anymore. let's see what happens so i thought that was pretty funny um right, you child can we can we
2: do some captaincy options now or you got yeah just mind? one more, really more quick
3: question for just okay. or you can just give me an answer you don't need to explain if you don't want to uh okay, chad cool. warner has a 73 break even powell right. has 100 plus break even if you had to choose to trade one of them which one are you trading
2: You'd be shocked to hear it's the one with the higher Uh, break-even.
3: I'm completely shocked. Gotcha. I'm glad we got to have that discussion.
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) I can't believe this is the week that Power scored poorly against Hawthorne.
3: Yeah. It's classic supercoach.
2: It is. It is classic supercoach just, yeah, keeping us on our toes. Yep. Um, (laughs) Let's go through some captaincy and vice-captaincy options. Um, Gaunt continues to just be not super fun to captain, mm-hmm. um, but we, we don't have to captain him this week. He looks like a good vice-captaincy option. Thank God. Um, moving into a Grundy versus uh, Peter Laddams or Debuton Hayes this week um, with Paul Adelaide at the MCG.
3: Yeah, it's pretty hard to go past that combination. I like that a lot. I think uh, maybe you could do like... <laughs> it's funny because I just have... Yeah, not super a lot of trust in players that are going to play early. I mean, I guess you could do Oliver instead of Gorn. It's like yeah, Oliver scored one. really well. We
2: need we need to we need to use Oliver a little bit more than what we're using him. Like he, he's scoring so incredibly well. Yeah, and Gorn. And trust me, I've got all the faith in the world with Gorn. Um but he just looks like he's just wavering a little bit. Just getting one twenties instead of one fifties. Um and Oliver's just incredible. Like he, he's he's really, really good. You, I don't have you can't say anything negative about him this year. Um but your your point is correct in, in not having confidence in the early players and I don't actually I, I just don't mind taking the odd flyer. Like Dusty against Brisbane I don't have a lot of faith in, but um to see history him against just, them yeah you could see him just go mammoth in an important game that you know Richmond need to be competitive in um and it feels weird to say that they need to do anything cuz they're just always in the top 4 but um they they want to get back up there obviously this season but while their injuries continue to return um Walsh against Hawthorne uh, could be a good flyer as well this week
3: yeah i don't I didn't see like a big 140 plus i feel like McCrae maybe and that was my next one. Yeah, that was my I final feel like, one. McCray. I feel like he's the guy, if you want to take a flyer, it's just like, it's not really a flyer because it's McCray, but I guess it's just not a Grandi or Gorn selection. So yeah. it's somewhat a flyer. They're, they're they're I'm pretty comfortable with those as like the main options. I mean, I VC'd Hall last week. So and he was better than Grandi. Um, I'm not... I do only don't,
2: five points worse than your eventual captain.
3: I, I know. I don't hate... Like, the matchup against Essen is a really good matchup as well. I don't hate it, but I just feel a bit more confident in using the VC on someone like Hall rather than the C. So. What about,
2: uh, our, what about Tom Mitchell against Carlton?
3: I'm not touching Tom Mitchell. <laughs> I'm upset that he's even in my side. I just yeah, okay. this is not, no, it's guess it's not fair enough. No, it's not I good. guess I walked into that one. Yeah, I think you did. Um Isaac Merritt as well, if he's gonna get some sort of tag again and just shut down, he's gonna be really cheap for people before they buy. So
2: he's really annoying. He he starts every game, like the first half is incredible and then like and he's not really had a lot of attention so far this year. But anytime he does that, he, he gets a little bit of attention and like you'll see a lot of his scores, like he's one oh five against Hawthorne. 104 against Sydney, 107 against Carlton. I'm sure if we look back at those games, even 116 against Collingwood, um, you'd see just a little bit of attention going and go on him at some point, just limiting that ceiling. Um, we've seen a 130 against Brisbane, 131 against GWS, where you can tell that hasn't happened. Um, but whenever someone stands next to him, he he just struggles a bit. And he's he's been phenomenal so far. His lowest score before this week was 91, and everything else has been over 100. Mm. Um, so I don't want to like rag on him. Um but I just feel like his potential to average 115
3: yeah for sure was
2: like really really high this year and and now it's sort of just like a disappointing season even though it's he like has been fine.
3: Yeah I, I think uh, not enough people probably own Guthrie but he's a really good option at home versus Gold Coast this week like a really good option. Like yeah, I consider right. very strongly VC ve- him. Around. Yeah so um quite a few good options actually now that we've mentioned it like there's a lot of good VC you, we might just need to do an early C, I guess. Like just pick someone like uh, going at the four thirty-five game into like McRae at seven twenty-five and just have it done by Saturday night. Don't even don't rely on the terrible Sunday news that happens every week unless you want to. JB, you can captain Houston. That might be worthwhile for you. Oh nice one fifty against Collingwood.
2: I mean, he had ninety in his last fifty percent time of ground. So <laughs> exactly. gets Collingwood um, as well. But I I I do think yeah I mean look really (laughs) (laughs) might happen. Grundy against Laddams. Laddams is like Grundy light. Um, I think Grundy beats him in his tap work and just does what he does around the ground without a lot of contestant to like. If it was light set, then he'd struggle in the tap department and still do, do what he does around the ground, but. Um, I think you walk all over Adams. Yeah,
3: it's it's hard to captain Grundy though when you've got um, Oliver Henry in the same side though. Like he's probably, you know, should consider him. Maybe we'll go down the price faster if we captain him. See a double? No. All right. No bites. Anyway, thank you very <laughs> much uh, for tuning into the podcast. Uh, it was a pleasure. Thanks, JB. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can find it at Twitter um, at Dr. Oh, yeah. Underscore SC. You yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Twitter. Uh, at Dr. Underscore D-R-S-C. You can find myself at Pistol Underscore D-R-S-C. You can find JB at JB Underscore D-R-S-C. You can find Chizo with a Z at Chizo Underscore D-R-S-C. Uh, JB, just a little one. Um, I will be on a, uh, I don't know, on the front bar, Channel 7, uh, this week you a mean, little bit of a know. segment being uh, yeah just a little bit I don't know being uh, having a little bit of an interview um, so I'll be on some time between 8.40 and 8.50 if you want to tune in um, see my ugly face Melbourne, Melbourne that would time. be yeah that would be probably a good time oh,
2: yeah I guess I'll, I guess I'll tune in then
3: yeah, in I mean the... yours will probably be on at like 11pm or something I'm not sure what, I mean. so you get the Adelaide DeLeo so look i'm just all i
2: all i have to say is you didn't even plug out correct twitter it's dr underscore sc not drc just saying.
3: i I've, i i actually I also I, I won't point out my other mistakes i made another one okay <laughs> can, can,
2: can you can you plug out correct twitter when you're on the front bar
3: please no nah, i'm not gonna i won't plug the twitter just 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 the podcast Oh, I'll okay, say you. I'll mention you specifically. Oh, can you? Can you? Can you mention JB, please? Yeah, I'd get a kick like out of JB that. is uh, <laughs> the s sh- of the three podcasters. I don't <laughs> so think you can say that. I probably can't. <laughs> I don't even think not. you can say that on our podcast. <laughs> That's true. it's just going to be beeped out. <laughs> oh
2: wow! So another thing that people aren't going to know what you said. Oh dear! Too many times. Right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you later. later.